first thing about Germany is why I made a curator's pick of the Hollywood Fringe What's going on, people? Welcome to another great episode of Hashtag Observations TFR by Crazy D with my special guest host, my sister, Tanya M. Congress. Yes, yes, yes. So let's see. Let's check out the mic and make sure everything is going right here. How you doing this morning? I am to well as well as to be expected with our much plethora of stuff that's going on and uh, other things that we have experienced personally. Um, yeah, but I got up this morning a little bit earlier than I laid back down and put my little my sleeping cap. I sleep with this cap, and and uh, I pulled it down over my eyes so I didn't have to see the sun. <laughs> But usually what that does is I get into such a good sleep, I oversleep uh, past the hour that I wanted to sleep. But I'm doing good this morning. I was ahead of the game. I didn't have this last minute stuff going on like I did. So this is a good Friday starting out. And I have my bowl of nectarines and ginger. And I have a big cup of water. So I'm doing good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing as well as can be expected. You know, I've got my apple, you know, apple a day keeps the doctor away. You, you've heard that already. No need to go backwards. I got some grapes and some mixed fruit and um, fruit and nuts. You know, that's good. And of course, you know, I do have my cups of water to drink from this morning. Um. First and foremost, it's Friday. Can you believe it's another Friday? Time has Already. sped up. Time has sped up. We are on episode 38. I don't know why that's not changed. I'm going to have to go in there and change that. But we are in episode 38. We want to shout out to, of course, the people who are watching us on Periscope, on Vimeo, on Facebook, and of course, the Film Review Life Channel on YouTube. Of course, the Film Review Life Channel on YouTube. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you press the subscribe button, the share, share, share button, because we're getting ready to take you on another journey on this episode number 28. Now see, there you go. I'm, I'm multitasking as I'm speaking, making sure I get the graphic changed. You know what I mean? <laughs> so again, we want to shout out. But what's the topic of the day? What is the topic of episode 38? Hashtag observations TFR. The miseducation of the American black. Smash the share button. Smash the like button. We're getting ready to take another bumpy ride that's going to come out smooth in the end. The miseducation of the American black, right? 
while some talked as if they were so politically astute. Let me say that again. While some talked as if they were so politically astute, but few really know or knew the history concerning the two parties, many American blacks fight each other over still today. Where was the rift? What was the strategy? Who used it? Who practiced benign neglect? Who still does? All of this and how it led to the miseducation of the American black. Let's discuss the phone lines are open. 213-943-3358. 3358 benign neglect. Yes, we're going to be talking about that today. Okay, look, people. Let's, without further ado, we're going to go to the memes, and this is going to lead us into putting the rubber, placing the rubber to the road, and getting on this trip, right? So let's let's start with this meme right here. This is very, this is a very interesting meme. I've seen it going across the internet um, many times than not. I've seen it going across the internet, right? So this one right here, let's start with this right here. The black vote, property of Democratic Party. It's actually the Dixiecrat Party, but you know, GOP hates black people and they're leading you by your nose. They are leading you by your nose. The chats are open on the Film Review Life channel and also on FB and the telephone. 213-943-3358. We would like to see and hear from some operatives today. You know, they were really calling in in the beginning, but then... You know, they stopped calling because they couldn't get any leverage. But we're trying to give you an opportunity because this is like the last couple of weeks before the election happens, right? The black vote, property of the Dixiecrat Party. GOP hates black people. Okay. That is definitely part of the miseducation, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there to have a clear mind. You have to have a clear colon. Yes, you do. To have a clear mind, you have to have a clear colon. Many people can have between 10 to 20 pounds of toxins sitting in their colon that cause weight gain, digestive issues like bloating, constipation, and IBS. Cleansing using the colon once or twice a year is important to eliminate toxins and excess fecal matter. Here is what you can do. So, you know, have you ever seen the people who like the women in particular, like they will squeeze into some jeans and it, it kind of looks like this graphic, right? They used to look like the right, 
But now they kind of like, they've kind of got some colon back up. And, they, and it looks like the left. And you're like, wow, you know. And how could your mind be thinking clearly when you have something that is clogging in your colon? So what do you have to say about that real quick? This is true. Um, it... it, it... <laughs> It has such uh, multiplicative uh, effects. And for those who don't know what IBS is, that's irritable bowel syndrome, which is something that has really taken off in the last 10 years in particular. But that clogged colon speaks to a lot of things. So basically, if we can put it in a, a visual, it's like having food in your refrigerator that's been sitting for years. You know how some food has... Um, gases in it and it begins to expand the container it's in so that when you go take the lid off that container it's a not only a strong smell that comes out of there but it's a wind like air because it's like gas that's been trapped in there because that and that is how your colon is and that right there speaks to a lot of the reason why we don't think clearly so there's colon being backed up which is rotten food and there is fat. Now, um, when our dad, he went to get a colonoscopy one time and uh, the guy came out and he told me, he said, your father has one of the cleanest colons I've ever seen. He was amazed. And then so I said to him, I said, well, my dad stopped eating pork and beef at the same time back in 1990. And, um, you know, I'm sure that contributed to it. So this guy in his arrogance chuckled at me and said huh, I doubt if that has anything to do with it I'm like what I wanted to say for all your education you went and got you need to go and and uh, charge them of with a crime I wanted to tell him if you just stood here and told me that him stopping eating pork and beef doesn't have much to do with his colon being the cleanest one you ever seen something is wrong with you mentally I wanted to tell him but red meat, y'all, red meat, red meat. Now, I know, you know, we got all kinds of excuses. Oh, you got to pray over the food, food that blesses it. You got to know all things may be lawful, but all things are not expedient to the end goal. Just not expedient. All right. So speaking of colon cleansing, you know. Just our observation and our opinion. Now this one, I've never used one from him before, but this one is from Tyreek Nasheed. And the woman, this is Brittany Cooper. I begin if I can see her clearly there. Yes, that's right. And she writes, I'm reminded that in the 19th century, black women used sex strikes to make sure that brothers didn't vote against black interests. Now this is in the 19th century and somehow this has turned into gender politics. This is a miseducation, but we're gonna get there. But this, each one of these memes gets you to the rubber hitting the road. This is a miseducation, miseducation because it is not a gender issue black American black male versus American black female and vice versa. It's not that. Which is to say 
there has always been this rough black male element. Let me read that again. Which is to say there has always been this rough black, or should I say rogue? There has always been this rogue black male element amongst us. A rogue. Look up what a rogue is real quick, Tony. Look up rogue. R-U-G-U-E. Rogue. Look up the word rogue. And listen to what this woman is saying. It's Brittany Cooper. A rogue. That's worse. That's way worse than rough. That's rogue. What, what's, what's the definition of rogue? I was looking for uh, Webster, but basically, uh, basically, rogue is a dishonest or unprincipled man. Uh, that's the general definition on Google. But I was looking for Webster's dictionary um, version of that because um, my grandmother used to use that. Our grandmother used to use that um, all the time. That term rogue. Um, hold on, here we go. It is okay, according to Webster's, a mean, evil, or unprincipled person. A mean, a mean evil, or a mean, evil, or unprincipled person. Now, when our grandmother and our mother used to use the word. It was not about a gender argument, right? It was not about black, American black female versus American black male. It was mostly used to talk about people who are rogues, meaning they, a rogue, will steal from you while smiling in your face. But it was not meant to be directed directly only at American black males, but she uses the word rogue, which in my estimation disqualifies her from the conversation of American black upliftment. It truly does disqualify her from the conversation of American black upliftment. Upliftment. This Brittany Cooper chick with the blue check. And why do I say that? Because it sounds like I'm, I'm going to take the American black tag away from her and just say it sounds like a black person going at an American black the way Biden went at American blacks when he talked about super predators. So let's go on, right? So certain people are disqualified, just our opinion and observations from being in the discussion about American black upliftment and getting to the goal when you would say this 
which is to say there has always been this rogue black male element amongst us. Black male is a classification from authorities. Talking about the young black male, the endangered species. He was a black male, about five foot seven, wearing a knit cap. You see, disqualification. This rogue black male element amongst us and sisters have always been on point. Anyway, I've said enough today. So she said she remembers back in the 19th century when black women used sex strikes to make sure that brothers didn't vote against black interests. Like when has black men voted against, they were the first to vote. I mean, someone doesn't know the history, but of course, go back because we've talked about that history. The black man was the first to vote with the 15th Amendment. Then the 19th Amendment came. Women weren't, black women still weren't able to vote. They weren't able to vote until 1965. Hmm. So then Tyreek says, <laughs> Tyreek says, now look at the image real close, but Tyreek says, Democrat. The Democratic operative, Brittany Cooper, said if black men don't vote for Biden and Kumala, she's going on a sex strike against us. I'm just going to let that just sit. I'm just going to let that sit right there because... I cracked my side on that when I when I when I saw that she's going on a sex strike against us because we don't vote for Biden and Kumala, as I call it. Kamala, others call her, whatever. Alright, so anyway, look. Here's another. Smash the share button, smash the like button, because we're going places today that we are going places. The miseducation of the American black. Those who think black people only have two choices in the next election don't understand what freedom looks like. A free person chooses, choices are unlimited. A free person's choices are unlimited. See, when we, when we say things that we said weeks ago on the show and then they come up in memes later, we say, well, yeah, pretty much. That's the way it is. Now, have you been seeing this, people? Have you seen this? A lot of the DJs are running into this right now. The worst thing that could have happened to Instagram was being acquired. And that's where I'm going to put a pin in it right there. But look, your post goes against our community guidelines. Have you seen it? All right, DJs are going against it. Now, when you scroll down to the bottom, it says, post removed for nudity or sexual activity. Now, when Instagram first came out, that's how a lot of the American black women and black women in particular were making their money. And just like they did with the DVDs back in the 2000s. They found a way to make telling stories 
illegal or against the law by arbitrary laws created to do so to cut the opportunity for people to make money. You see, now this particular post comes from uh, Pharaoh, young Pharaoh, and he was talking about child abuse. And they blocked him for talking about being an anti-child abuser, right? And they blocked him for that. That is interesting. I mean, real interesting what's going on. Now, smash the share button, smash the like button, because you're gonna see a lot of lot more censorship. If for those who don't know, there is a story. Ooh, they wanna clip me when I said censorship. And a lot more, they just, ooh, wow. Okay, yeah. All right, so you're gonna see a lot more of that. Plus, they didn't like that. They're a little angry because I posted that. That's okay, that's okay, that's good. You're gonna see a lot. If you don't know, there's a story that it has been corroborated and shown to be true that the New York Post has put out that certain websites have taken down and blocked and all that, but it's actually true, right? Because it's been vetted and there is proof, but certain echo chamber media is not covering it. This is the beginning of censorship, people. And you may think, oh, it's my side, but one day it's not gonna be your side. And if you don't speak out against it, you didn't speak out against it, and then when they come for you, who's gonna speak out for you? Let's move on to the next one. All right, so this one right here is a meme <laughs> that is true indeed. When folks tell me, quote unquote, our people die for the right to vote. No, you ignorant bastard. They died for the right to be human and to write and the right to be free of colonization and enslavement. Stop repeating ignorant snit these devils put out. Stop repeating ignorant snit these devils keep putting out. Let that sit for a second. Let that sit for a second. Let you feel that for a minute. Quit saying that. I mean, I, I, I mean that makes that does make me sick. I don't know if it makes me sick to the stomach. I, I get tired of the popping fresh. <laughs> Proper fresh people who think they know so much about politics. They just got into politics once Obama was elected. <laughs> oh, yes, we died. We died. No, we didn't die to vote. We died <laughs> to be free. Of course, we didn't get you so much information about the vote that if people were dying just to vote, well, shoot, black women shouldn't even be on the planet because they didn't get the vote until 65. Go back and watch the episodes. So that you can be informed. What you got to say to that? You know, that's so funny that you put this one up because that's one that I uh, myself had posted like a couple of weeks back. And I thought of this very meme this morning 
when I'm looking on a uh, community site that I'm on and this person posted good morning team off to vote two hours in line but what the heck and then there's a meme of Obama saying your vote matters <laughs> so I can imagine that's the kind of argument I would have with that individual if I presented my point of view to them regarding them standing in line for two hours because their vote matters and it it does is sickening it's sickening it doesn't make me want to throw up but that's a good that's a good uh visual there to to describe how sickening it is okay that's so funny that you would mention obama right look up um lolo satoro that's l o l o s o e t o r o Lolo Satoro. Since we're talking about bummer, but I mean, smash the share button, smash the like button. Okay? Lolo Satoro. Comes right mm-hmm. up. Got that right. up. Yep. So, so go down, like, uh, go down and talk about who he married, who his wife was. Uh, let's Durham, see here. Durham, and Stanley. Durham. And Stanley and Durham. Uh huh. Now, who is Stanley? Keep reading. Who is Stanley and Durham? Was an American anthropologist who specialized in economic anthropology and rural development of Indonesia. She was the mother of Barack Obama, the 44th president. Okay, read that again. Read that again. Lolo Satoro, I mean, uh, Stanley and Durham was one of his wives. Uh, she was an American anthropologist who specialized in the economic anthropology and rural development of Indonesia. She was mother of Barack Obama. Okay. Put a pen in that, but just go back to Lolo Satoro. How much is, can you scan it real quick? How much is Lolo Satoro worth? Uh, let's see here. Let me, know, let me know when you when you get it, because we're gonna bring it up. But being that you mentioned Barack, I need to have people be sped up and be on the same page to know who Lolo Satoro was and who he was to Barack Obama. Did do you see how much Lolo Satoro? Was worth. Let's see. Still work. I found a link that says that, but I have to. I'm gotta scan through here. Uh, I will say to while you find it, he is the eighth. Was the eighth richest man in the world. Lolo Satoro, Barack Hussein Obama's stepfather, was the eighth richest man in the world. 
Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Let's see. At the age of 84, his net worth was one between one and five million dollars. That was his net. So that means that. Hold on. Seems like this information is not as uh prevalent. It's not, forth, not forthcoming because they're burying it. But you know, put a pin in this. Put a pin in that. We're coming back to it. I'm telling you, share the smash smash the share button. So if he is the eighth richest man in the world, what does that actually make Barack Obama? Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Somebody, somebody didn't actually come from where they seem to have come from. You know what? Let me say something else real quick. Okay, go ahead. When attempting to look this up, when you go to different links that like you'll have it in the subject line or the heading uh, net worth of this individual. But when you click on it, it's going to all kinds of weird looking sites. It's going to cartoons. It's going to all different kinds of things. Now, this is funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's 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 weird. Very weird. Very weird. Put a pin. Let's keep moving. Now, this meme was an interesting meme. And I, I said, hey, this is interesting. This is a mask for spray paint. Mask for mining. <laughs> mask for uh, asbestos. And here, people, is the mask for the deadliest virus in history. Now, many people know that I wore the mask before you know, this virus came out because they had this thing out here called desert fever and it gets in your lungs in the fall, you'll be coughing until April, May. And they'll tell you it's not a viral or bacteria, so they can't, you know, give you anything to get it out. It just has to work out on its own. And it's a coughing fit sometimes. So I wore a mask, so I'm not adverse to wearing masks, but this meme is very interesting to breaking the miseducation. Oh shoot, man. The way people are partying like it's 1999, they're already in herd immunity. So let's keep moving, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving, that's interesting. So I'm not adverse to wearing masks, right? But, but, the truth is, this is the deadliest virus, but yet, you you have just a wimpy mask to cover to cover yourself with. Okay, here we go, people. This is very important. Water soothing to your soul in the midst of a hot summer's day. Car wash. Water, very important, right? Yeah, I'm bringing memes that my sister has put up, right? Before, right? Moistens oxygen for breathing. Cushions joints. Accounts for 22% of the bones. Removes, helps to remove waste. Helps convert food into energy. Helps body absorb nutrients. Makes 70 
85% of muscle makes up to 85% and it is 85% of blood. Drinking water. Water is good for you. You know, like in our diet, we drink water. Like, you know, there is no carbonated beverage, right? You know, there's no carbonated beverage. Oh, uh, Stuart says, I think I've had de desert fever. I just thought, I can't read the rest of it. I just thought. It was a long cold. I just thought it, it was, was a long, a long cold. cold. No. And then you go to the doctor and they tell you, well, we don't have anything to give for you. You just have to wear off. And that's what it is. So that's what it is. So that's why you wear the mask. Like, People used to laugh at me when I would wear the mask. They said, there you are wearing the mask. Then when COVID came out, they said, boy, you were ahead of it. How did you know? I said, well, it was desert fever out here. And you just look up desert fever and you see the symptoms and it will last and it will last and it will last. Plus we're out here in the desert where they were dropping the bombs. They were dropping the atomic bombs, the nuclear bombs to test. And so the sand, so in the particle, but anyway, that's another story for another time. Anyway, drink water, people. This is getting you ready for what, where we're getting, where, where we're getting ready to go today. Smash the share button, smash the like button. Let people know that we are on. Now, here's one that is very nasty and insidious for sure. This is very important. This is, this is important stuff that we're uh, describing here. Signs that you have a parasite. Signs that you have a parasite. Joint pain. Let me bring it up bigger. Let me bring it up a little bigger. That way we can read everything. Joint pain. Uh, anemia. Fatigue. Teeth grinding, stomach problems, weak memory, drooling, in, itchy skin, cravings, right? So look, weak memory. It's very important that we strengthen our memory. You know, there is a uh, doctor out there, which I didn't get a chance to put the clip up, but you... You brought me the clip and I, and I actually listened to it and I forget his name, something Africa, something like that. And he says that the anthropologists and the white scientists and the white supremacists know that American black memory is short because of our consumption of sugar. Of our, due to our consumption of the controlled substance, sugar. Let me bring this down one more time. Let me tell you something. Let me bring this down so that you can see me clearly, right? So not only would you have a parasite and have weak memory, but be due to your consumption of sugar. You know, there's some kids that grow up all their life and they grow into adulthood 
eating nothing but candy from the corner store. They they eat candy, they drink soda pop. We call it pop, other people call it soda. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Pop, drinking pop, drinking sugar Kool-Aid, drinking sugary drinks, not the actual drink, not the actual juice, but they go through life and they're eating candy, sugary candy. And that is a major contributor to the memory, to memory being short, which means that that is memory loss, which means that is the reason why we forget just what happened yesterday and don't take into account how what happened in the past affects us now. And we don't even know what happened just yesterday to be able to be truly informed on making a great decision today. The miseducation of the American black. Smash the share button. Smash the like button. Tag your friends in because we are going there. What would you like to say about the controlled substance? You know what else is a controlled substance? Isn't cocaine a controlled substance? Doesn't Don't you get time for cocaine? It, it just goes to show you that nothing white is really good for you to ingest the controlled substance of sugar. Yep. Now, let me give, I love presenting visuals. So let's take household A. Household A at the beginning of the month goes to the grocery store. It has two shopping carts. One is full of 10 boxes of sugary coated cereal um, regular milk um, let's see we got boxes of mashed potatoes boxes we got we because we we on a budget we buy big three pound bags of white rice uh, this is just a dollar 99 cent a big three pound bag of white rice 99 cent you got a couple of loaves of white bread because it's cheaper than the wheat bread you got a couple of loaves of that you got plenty of chicken. You got your your cooking oil, uh, your 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 Crisco. You got uh, all kinds of other things. Oh, you got donuts. You got uh, uh, honey buns. You got all this stuff in the cart. And then uh, you you uh, it's a house full of weed smokers. So you got weed smokers. And so here's this kid growing up. I don't feel like cooking. Go get a bowl of cereal. Go, go get you some cereal. So they going to get cereal. They love cereal. They love cereal. They eating cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And in between that, they getting contact highs, right? Contact highs. So now it's time to go to school. Well, Johnny doesn't seem to be able to concentrate. And then when I call him, he's non-participatory in class. I call on him to ask a question. And we just discussed the subject and he's like, huh? Huh? What you, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know, huh? Now this is household B. Household B 
the parents are they're health conscious they're very health conscious uh, they're basically vegetarian not vegan but they're vegetarian so they still will have some eggs and stuff like that um you know they they're they're pescatarian they eat fish you know and stuff like that and uh, they take all these vitamin supplements they mix in they know the kids don't like the taste of certain things so they'll mix in uh, with some juice some freshly squoze and juice they'll mix in some supplements with it and their kids seem like they're 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 not hyper but they're very alert very focused very energetic and very astute and very smart they take in information they retain information and not only now when a teacher comes to them you know they get all a's the teacher comes to them asks them a question uh yes mrs smith yes as a matter of fact you said that earlier but last week you told us also and it kind of ties into what you said today you told us last week that's the difference between sugar and that so all the other stuff so there's the cereal now remind you let me remind you with the white rice white potatoes white bread all of that converts to sugar so besides the sugar that they're directly taking in all of those white substances convert to sugar sugar stores fat so what you find now is like in my time you had a, some of us that were a little pudgy coming up but what i see now what i see now scares me i'm like these kids are gonna have heart disease by the time they're 10 this is not good i mean so i seen a young a, a girl she was 11 or 12 years old she was bigger than me and i'm like that and that's that's pretty big you know i'm like in a i stay between between an 18 and a 22 right now i'm like between a 20 and a 22 and that's still sizable that's big that's considered full figure model size or whatever and i'm working on getting some of that off because it can't see we don't want to talk about certain things because we don't want to hurt one another's feelings but we're going to talk about this fat thing too we're going to talk about it because ain't no way let me tell you something what superhero did you see there's no superheroes you see in the, Mar the marvel comics that's overweight you don't see gymnasts doing par uneven parallel bars and the balance beam and doing all that stuff and dismounts overweight you don't see a track runner overweight because you're carrying too much and you're not going to be able to sustain and we have to make ourselves fit for the battle now you can't just sit back and rest on your laurels and your blessed assurance and walk waiting around to walk around heaven all day you're going to be there sooner than you want to be if you keep that up so we have to address that we can't sit around and act like well you know we are people yes we're all people but it's the love for yourself that will cause you to address these issues and not try to sweep them under the rug because you're not sweeping them from nobody but yourself everybody can look and see what's going on either it's medication now medication blows some people up and then the other thing is a lack of discipline or if you may not be eating the wrong things but there i know some fat vegetarians because they're vegetarian but they're eating <laughs> they're eating all the time so we do have to address the areas of discipline and we have to start with ourselves that's why i'm so easy to talk about things because i'm already addressing it that's right so remember people these are 
our observations and our opinions on just observing things, right? So let's move on to the next. Let's move on to the next meme, right? Memes that we see that speak to things that we have already spoken to. Learn to discipline your emotions wow. because if you don't, your enemies will use them against you. The miseducation of the American black. Learn to discipline your emotions because if you don't, your enemies will use them against you. What do we always say? Now that, that's Bruce, right? That's Bruce Lee. People love to use Bruce Lee quotes. So let's stick to it. Now, what have we been saying? The emotion, emotion is mindset. They have you set, but mind state is that you are able to, without emotion, get the facts necessary, catch, analyze, and shoot. That's what we're talking about. So great masters, Bruce Lee was a master in, in his in his realm, and great masters do that. Now, many times people want to know the difference between the word, the words equality and equity. And I've seen this meme for many years, but this really does bring an understanding to a middle standing and an overstanding to what it is to have equity over equality. So you see the three people standing there and they're on, on equality, they're standing on the same, same size platform, but one is taller, one is middle range and the other is a short pipscreek that cannot see over the fence to watch the baseball game. So they're standing on the same, the same step stool, so to say. But actually the tallest one really doesn't need a step stool, but the younger, the youngest one that's the smallest could stand to have a second step stool on top, a second box on top of the first box. And that's where equity comes in. So all three can equally enjoy the baseball game, can equally enjoy the society, can equally enjoy the set aside. They can equally enjoy them if equity is put into place, right? Here's another. Smash the share button, smash the like button. A person who has nothing to lose will help you lose everything you ever worked for. Choose your company wisely. A person who has nothing to lose will help you lose everything you ever worked for. Choose your company 
wisely. I think that was a great, that was a great meme, I thought, right? I thought it was worth pretty good. Now, here's another meme that my sister put up. I thought this was pretty good, so we will go through it. Antiviral herbs. Antiviral herbs, right? You wanna go through these real quick? Give a little bit an example. Yeah. Which ones do you use, you know? Okay, out of the ones that are here, of course I use that hot burning tongue, lip burning oregano in an oil. <laughs> I use garlic, I use ginger, I use peppermint, I use, well, fresh lemon, not lemon balm. So here, it's kind of difficult to read, but oregano is found to reduce the activity of, hmm, these are kind of blurry. Um, licorice, I know is, it. well, this says HIV, HSV, herpes. So that tends to address uh, uh, venereal diseases. Garlic had garlic. I said I mentioned earlier this week when we saw it. Now we knew that garlic was good for joints. Garlic is good for the heart. Uh, it says here it also addresses influenza, uh, A and B, HIV, HSV, uh, one viral something. And but garlic is a universal thing that we should have all the time. We should keep some fresh garlic in the refrigerator we uh oh garlic earlier this week we found that garlic helped with ear aches to drop some garlic and i said invest in some droppers and make you some oil and and when you need it because garlic is it does perish so you don't want to just keep that oil in the refrigerator and store it it's going to smell really bad you're not going to want to put it nowhere on your body so you'd have to make that fresh as you needed it um, but it's good for the heart. I love garlic. I love the taste of garlic. Just one or two cloves. Put some nice seasoning in your food without overpowering it. Holy basil. I have not looked into that, but I'm going to. Like all of these on here, uh, holy basil. And in my uh, vegetable box, they sent me fennel last time. They sent me some, but I never found out how to cook it. But it seems like they're addressing a lot of venereal diseases and viruses with this here. So it says antiviral herbs, but some of these or most of these double into other things. Rosemary you can use for tea. Peppermint you can use for tea. Lemon balm you can use for tea. Elderberry is a good antioxidant. Um, that's good to include in your diet. I have used that, but I don't use it consistently. But it's especially good for cold and flu season uh, to take elderberry on a regular basis. Um, echnea. I was wondering if they were that was saying meant to say echinacea. I've never heard of that, so I can't speak to it. But lemon balm. Everything on here is something that we need to keep, and most of it can be grown right in your windowsill. If you don't have a green thumb or a lot of time, such as I, um, both of those from Amazon, you can order like a 10, a 10 row potting soil. It comes with the soil, 
the seed already embedded in the soil all you have to do is water it stick it in a window seal it requires just the daylight uh, sunlight and it will grow right in your window seal and you can save a lot of money by growing it yourself because if you buy it out of the grocery store it's going to be like about four dollars for a small pack that's right echinacea is really good in tea it's also used to combat uh, colds flu season it's really good in tea right that and some turmeric together in tea but mm -hmm. again these are just our observations and opinions right so look here's another here's another one this is interesting because the person who wrote this meme was all over what they were criticizing and were actually all in it while people are arguing, are, why people argue, that ing ending uh, argue, boy, that tongue be twisted. While people argue about hip hop artists and estimates and estimated, 240,000 <laughs> people will die from the coronavirus this year. Okay. Okay, smart brainiac. <laughs> No, literally. No, really. Really. Have we not discussed this way back in episode one? Are people not listening? But really, again, it's the miseducation of the American black. If you are listening to the echo chamber media who did not or never really did cover the press conferences on the coronavirus that the White House briefings in the White House about coronavirus back in April. We told you this. That was episode one through five. We've already been over this. They estimated that back in April, even if precautions were taken 240,000 Americans would die from coronavirus COVID-19. Thank you, Mr. Brainiac, for this. Uh, while people argue about hip-hop artists, actually they were one of the ones that was arguing about Q, an uh, estimated uh -oh. 240,000 people will die from the coronavirus this year. That's what the estimation was. Which means that what was done, no matter how much they try to deny it for the purposes of miseducating American blacks, <laughs> What they did was successful to ward off and to fight the coronavirus, COVID-19, the 15 days, the 30 days, the shutdown of the economy actually did work. Let me bring myself in there. So, so thanks. Brainiac, but if you had just watched the press conferences, you would have seen that. If people would just watch the press conferences and listen, then they would say, hey, they would use 
we covered this on an episode of the Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society podcast, where we talked about, make sure we come on 5.30 p.m. Eastern, mm. excuse me, Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sundays, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Film Review Live channel on Sundays. We come on and we review movies, music, and how culture and politics affect the society and how music and movies are a reflection of that. Right? We talked about, okay, they keep talking about so many billion have caught this. How many have been cured? There's a number missing. They show you how many have caught it. They talk about the the people who have died. If these many billion or millions have caught this, but only 220,000 at this point headed to what the estimate was back in April, how many people have been cured from it if these so many millions have it? There's a number missing, which means that they are disingenuous about what they're reporting. And people are falling for it, but when you don't have a sugary diet, and that doesn't, isn't what's going on, your memory stays long, not short, right? So here's one. You know, it seems like we cover these stories and then people seem to have the guts or the wherewithal or the desire later to come out and show and prove what we have already covered here. So just this week, we talked about Cleopatra, right? So this person who put, who uh, produced this meme, who put it up said, or who forwarded this meme said, Mark Anthony's Cleopatra was white. Once and for all, Mark Anthony's Cleopatra was white. She was a descendant of the Ptolemy's bloodline and she was illegally put on the throne by them as an illegitimate pharaoh. Why do so many of you believe she was African? Now we told you that she was from the Ptolemy dynasty. And look at this photo. This is, in my opinion, a disgrace. Like, why would you want? Because I've seen the coin. I saw, I saw the coin years ago, back in the 90s, but it was a bad one. It was like disfigured, but I noticed it had been used and it was like rubbed in and you really couldn't see the face as distinct as you see in this one. But I noticed that nose off the rip way back in the 90s and I was like, that is no way that that is a black woman. Look at that schnauzer. Look at that. And you would want, listen, listen, listen. Listen, white people go and get face work to get rid of those long noses. Who would want to claim that this is what, matter of fact, when you look at the porcelain one to the left, she looks like a man. You really cannot tell. I mean, I'm just 
Right. That's I'm what I think saying. too. You're looking. It's like it's like you're looking at Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. Men know you're ugly. Your thin <laughs> lips make you look like a pill. Shave down a. But anyway, no. Look, look, really, really, look. We're trying to, we, we're here and we're disseminating information. Let them have as many Caucasian actresses play this, this spread eagle chick between two men, mongrel, illegitimate pharaoh on the throne. We need to go back further. We need to go back further. The Ptolemy dynasty, when you look them up, was the last dynasty before the Romans came to conquer and create Alexander, okay? They were deviant, sex-crazed. Basically, they're, they're Caucasians, okay? I mean, that, that's just facts. So quit worrying about who's playing her because I wouldn't want to claim her. Quit putting Rihanna up, even though Rihanna's not American black, that's an insult to Rihanna. Quit putting up all the other American black people and all the other black people around the globe that could play. Let them keep letting them play those. Your matter of fact, when you look at the Egyptian movies that they're producing, they are producing the Ptolemy dynasty no matter what they're saying like the like the something egyptian and gods gods of egypt right when did an egyptian ever have stringy hair from the dynasties that we reference or people reference uh and have a patch over his eye like you're going to gang going to escape from new york come on really what you got to say about this? We don't go forward. We go. We we don't go back. We go forward. But I saw this was interesting. That this comes up after we talk about it. You know what's interesting on that coin is that hair. Now what's going on here? So you got in the front of the scarf or the headband, you got what looks like um, it could be some kind of uh, wave pattern. And then in the back of the, <laughs> the back of the headband, you got what's supposed to be cornrows, and ended in that. That's not um, her hair would not have been able to be set like it is in the back from what's going on in the front. And then if you look at the other picture, you can see that it was some kind of waves going sideways in the front, and then in the back, well, in the middle. You can't see exactly what's going on there. And then in the back, there's the bun like it is on the coin. It's like, okay, that's a misrepresentation if I've ever seen one to start out with. Then the other thing is, is that history, 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 history. Um, to find out that she was white um, should be a perplexing thing to majority of black people who believe she was black um that also speaks to different lands and what you know about different lands geography and things like that 
And this, when we talk about the miseducation of the American black, this just piles on top of it. And so it would behoove you to go back and examine everything you've been taught from the beginning of which you counted so um, you counted so strongly as being the knowledge that you had and it being inaccurate. You need to be open to listening to people who at least do their research because you know you haven't done it. You know you don't research. You know that you just listen to the news. You know you get most of your information from uh, listening to the news and listening to people who you believe that what they're saying sounds credible in the workplace or wherever it is. It may be in the church, wherever it may be. You're just getting secondhand information. You're not going for yourself and researching. You're not doing it. Because I'm going to tell you, I speak to people sometimes who have not done their research. And it's a couple of people who had some good reactions. And they, they, because of their humility and because of their ability to say, wow, I didn't know that. Well, let me go see. Let me go. And I tell them, fact check behind me. I tell everybody when I'm teaching and all of that, I said, look, don't just take my word for it. Go look it up for yourself. Don't be lazy. Go look it up for yourself so that when you stand and say something, you can say it with assurance. You can't speak with assurance if you haven't done the research yourself or you haven't followed up. You can't you can't speak with assurance on anything if you haven't done that. Yeah, so you have to do that. So look, people, this is where so so we put we primed the piston. We've oiled it up. We're making sure that we're ready to go because we're getting ready to take this ride. We're getting ready to take this ride because we, what is this? This is the miseducation of the American black. Look up benign neglect real quick. B-E-N-I-G-N neglect. B-E-N-I-G-N neglect benign neglect and give the definition of benign neglect this is part of the miseducation of the american black where it pertains to political situations smash the share button we're getting ready to take the ride we had to prime you with those memes but now we're going full throttle now what is benign neglect it is a non-interference that is intended to benefit someone or something more than continual attention would. Non-interference that is intended to benefit someone or something more than continual attention would. So uh, that speaks to a level of narcissism because it's like, yeah, you know, uh, not giving the attention to do them much better than giving the attention. And who created benign neglect but Nixon? Nixon, President Nixon is the one who created benign neglect, right? He was also the creator of a certain strategy called the Southern Strategy. So benign neglect. So benign neglect is what the Dixiecrats practice towards American blacks now. 
And you can tell a person who practices benign, who practices benign neglect, because you will say something to them, and they will go, "Hmm." You will voice a concern to them, and they will say, "Hmm." We'll address that after the election. Come on. That is benign neglect. Or you could be voicing to your to someone a concern of yours and they will go hmm and change the subject and move on to something else. That is benign neglect. Nixon started it. He also created the Southern strategy. And what is the Southern strategy? It is in American politics, the Southern strategy was a Republican Party electoral strategy to increase political support among white voters in the South by appealing to racism against African Americans. Now, so you said, oh, well, there it is. There's the Republicans. But it's, it's a problem. There's a problem because the ones who, Jesse Helms, and Strom Strom Thurman, not, not to Thurman. not to not to you know, not to snit on the dead, you know, but Strom Thurman, like who? What Strom? But anyway, look, switched over to the from the Democrat Party to the Dixiecrat. They were Dixiecrats. They switched up from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party and created the Southern strategy pushing with Nixon to get Nixon elected after Kennedy got his cap pill. And Johnson wasn't running again. So It comes from the Dixies, which gets us to where we are today, which makes us say that neither party is good, so there's no need to vote for either one, the lesser two evils, because the evil came from the other evil, and that's the way it is. So we have a presentation today. Smash the share button. We gave you two definitions to go look up further on your own after it's over. Benign neglect and the Southern strategy. Let's get to this presentation. Buckle your seatbelts. You're gonna hear some things and you're gonna see some things that you usually don't like. You'll say, it's bringing my dopamine down, man, but push <laughs> through it and go through it because medicine is sometimes bitter, but we have to break from this miseducation of the American black. Here we go. So I say, hey, bro, you got you registered to vote this year? And he's like, yeah, I'm voting. I say, who you voting for? He was like, you already know. I'm like, Trump? He's like, hell no. Hell no. I'm like, bro, are you serious? So he's asking me. He say, Cash, why? Why vote for Trump? Okay, before we get into it, because I'm going to break it down to you. Why are you voting for Biden? What has he done in 47 years? I'm not. Like what? I mean, I just believe he'll do better than Did Trump. Did you know that Biden... In 47 years of politics, has only 
been a racist, said racist things about you and me personally as black people and made a bill to incarcerate black people with Bill Clinton, the crime bill. Look it up. The man just said you ain't black unless you vote for him. All right. He also said he didn't want his children going to school in a racial jungle. Didn't want integration. He was for segregation. Also, not only that, he also said that poor kids can be just as bright and just as intelligent as white kids. Meaning that black, brown, red, yellow are poor. When he thinks poor, he doesn't think white at all. He's thinking about you and me. The dude ain't did nothing but hurt black people. And then his running mate, Kamala Harris, she's got a career of locking up black people. A career. Now, let's move over to Trump. You ask me why I'm voting for Trump. Before Trump was the president, did not everybody love him? In their music videos, rap videos. See, they're getting ready to try to clip. They're trying to clip. They're trying to clip. I can't believe it. All the dude is doing is kicking facts. Now, we have been saying this on the show, right? We're not voting for either one, but you have to be educated. If you're going to vote, you have to be educated about what you're voting for and what you're voting yourself into. We've told you benign neglect and the Southern strategy. Where did the Southern strategy come from? It came from Dixiecrats that left the Democrat Party because they did not like the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Voting Rights Act of 65, and we hadn't even got to the Fair Housing Act of 68 yet. So, you have to know where things germinate and where they uh, originate from. So let's so let's put this together. Why this is so heinous? Why I ask people all the time. I say, okay, I ask people all the time. This is the question I ask people from the front. I say, did you ever sell dope? You know, for the people who are just so staunch, stumped down Democrats. I say, did you ever sell dope? And it really just, and if they say yes, it really just, disqualifies them from the discussion any further because they were selling a little white pebble for the president they say they don't like that gave the government cheese that we don't know because you know it could kill you in 30 years and we still don't know what effect the government cheese was but it made some dang good grilled cheese sandwiches grilled cheese sandwiches they made some dang good but we don't know what but from the same guy that you say you don't like Reaganomics and all that they didn't like that Sold a little pebble for him so he could fund the Iran Contra situation so they could try to get Noriega out of. But yet you. And then later, later the man, then the man that you're getting ready to vote for now, is talking about a hundred to one for crack cocaine hundred. Caucasians won. That's why his son was able to go over to Burisma. But that's another story for another time. So he gets a slap on the wrist. You get a clink on the wrist and a clink on the and you're voting for this guy. And then 10 years later, he did 
the three strikes you're out. One under Republican, one under a Democrat. But you like this guy. Right? And so we have to be clear about what you're voting for. And it is a disgrace to vote if you don't, if you're in fear of the one guy, but you know the other guy did something to you. It is a disgrace. Did something to your whole family in most cases. Did something to uh, the whole community in all cases. Because if you were in it or not, it's affected because your community dried out from its vibrancy. Yep. Right? Right? And you're sitting up there, you're going to vote for it. So if not, you abstain because you ain't a sucker. That's why. I'm not, I don't like you. I don't like you. Dude, this in there proved to me. I'm not giving this guy a chance because he suck the vibrancy out of my community with laws and legislation that went into effect that wiped out groups of people. Not to mention it gave the the force of the state the ability to go in and kill. All the magazines, he got awards from black communities and the NAACP, everybody loved him. But then when he came to president, they said he's a racist. I don't think so. I have talked to a number of black entrepreneurs who back in the late 80s and 90s were early 90s were trying to get financing. They could somebody told them to go check with Donald Trump. So they come back and tell me they got a loan from Donald Trump. He gave them a term loan, show up with the interest in the principal, one check, but they had to go see him personally. They independently relate this tale that when they saw him, he said, this is what you're supposed to pay me? This our agreement? Said, yeah. And then tore the check up, shook their hands, and congratulations. Now run your business. I'm going to tell you why. Because when he came into politics, he started, what he said, drain the swamp. He started taking out all the, polit not just politicians, the evil, corrupt politicians. Mm -hmm. Fired mm -hmm. them, took them out, made them go away, mm -hmm. and put in his people. Mm -hmm. Did you notice since he's been mm -hmm. president? Un the, the economy has been better than it ever been. Unemployment at an all-time low. More jobs created than ever before. He stopped making making us uh, uh, importer and made us an exporter. To me, that means we make more money. People talk about the wall that he wanted to build over there in Mexico. Do you know why he wanted to build the wall? And remember, they said that he was racist because he said that, that my brothers and sisters is Mexican is murderers and rapists and stuff, right? That's not what he said. If you listen to the clip, Pause that for a minute. You know, back in the 90s, I was on the radio and I used to tell people that Cleveland has to become an exporter of hip hop and not just an importer. It's nice to love, you know, at that time it was it was the East and the, and the South was just coming up and now Atlanta is holding it and they're gonna hold it. And it's always uh, import. They pump in. They come in. They take in. The, they take out the resources because people spend their money on this, but they're not spending on anything that is made in Cleveland, Ohio, USA. And I got, I got uh, pushback and flack for saying 
you're not supposed to love someplace else more than where you come from. Let me say it again. You're not supposed to love someplace else more than where you come from. Which means that you your money goes into making sure that what you do is funded, supported, and can be exported to places that only want you to take in their goods and services, making you nothing but a consumer. And when you listen to the way that the echo chamber media talks, they talk as if they are in love with a group of people who only want to export their goods, but don't want to take in American goods. And that is uneven, is unbalanced, and it will lead to a collapse of economy. Right? So we'll leave that right there. So when you when you're looking at it, you got to look at it larger. You're looking at oh look, they're trying to clip. They're trying to clip. All I said was economy, and you had to look and be aware. They're clipping it in. They're trying to clip it up. They're trying to quit it because it's something that they don't want people. I'm talking about economics. It should be an innocent topic to talk about and talking about making sure that your place that you come from exports not only to people who don't want you to export to them because they only want you to take in their goods and services and their items, but you want to export globally. This is what this is about. And people who have taken payoffs or uh -oh. taken checks to make it so that, you know, they get a kickback. Just our opinion and observation on what is imported in. And it's an agreement. Come on. You said that the MS-13, the gang, are rapists and murderers, not Mexicans. Ever heard this president say one negative thing about white supremacists? Have you ever heard it? I totally disavow the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. I got back in this race because of what happened in Charlottesville. People coming out of the woods carrying torches, their veins bulging. Close your eyes and remember what you saw. And a young woman gets killed resisting the hate and violence. And the president gets asked to come in and what's he say? He says they're very fine people on both sides. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. You wouldn't even condemn David Duke for God's sake. I've rejected David Duke, rejected David Duke. Uh, I've rejected the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. From the time I'm five years old, I rejected them. But now, his father was arrested, as the story goes, for this is before he married his wife and had Trump and all the other children. He was arrested for being part of a Ku Klux Klan rally. He was a Ku Klux, a Ku 
Klux Klucker. Now, it could be, just listening to what Trump said at five years old, he said, no, I don't want to be part of it. This could be factually true. And what did his father do from then on? His father was hard on him, even sent him away to military school. And all Trump tried to do after that was try to show his father that he was worthy of his love. His father rejected him. Just looking at, just looking at reading the stories and putting the pieces together. His father rejected him when at five years old, at five years old, you come conscious of things. I remember five mm -hmm. years old. I remember when I came conscious of things, I know where I was at. Before you're just dee, 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 but I came conscious at five years old. And at five years old, you come conscious of things. And he said, no, I don't want to be a part of that. That was in him. And his father resented him for that, but still worked with him because he showed that he had merit. So this is what you're looking at. And no matter what the media says, we told you yesterday, it's not what a person says, it's what they do. And they, so the media has lied to you because here it is, right on film, right on video, that he has denounced these, these organizations didn't say what they said he said. But you're going to be miseducated because of Willing. emotion. What'd you say? Willingly. Willingly. Willingly miseducated. See, and then think about that. That's how leaders are made. Now at five, he saw something that he consciously said, I don't want none of that. And uh, just as D said, you become conscious of things around that age. For some, it's before. But you start making up your mind. You start setting up principle. If you don't have too much sugar in your diet and stuff like that. You start setting up principles and stuff in within. That coupled with whatever has come through your bloodline and whatever parentage you have. And what they're instilling in you. You're beginning to develop as an individual starting at about that age. So even though his father rejected him, that gave him a drive. He was proving that he was worthy, but whether his father ever counted him worthy, he had established a foundation within himself that brought him to the seat of the president of the United States without being on anybody's string, see, without being on the media strings, without being on anybody's strings. He was a self made man self-made man who had the opportunity to have some money father probably begrudgingly gave him the money but gave him the money and he made something of it you see what i'm saying so right there that blows all of the lies out of the water that you've been believing for nearly four years is right there all you gotta do you can search it it's right there over the internet it's right there on YouTube. The truth is there, but you will continue to willfully be miseducated. The miseducation of American of the American black. Let's continue on with this dude. They twisted that to make everybody around us believe that he's a racist. 
okay? Then they say, make America great again. What does he mean? When was America great? When you talk about make America great again, what he means is make America, like what I just said, an exporter again. Have jobs again. Have people believe in the American dream again, that they want to come to this country and they know that they're going to make it. Had nothing to do with race. All right? Not only that, the man gave funding for the next 10 years. This has never been done for historic black colleges and universities, the HBCUs. Barack Obama didn't even do that. He did prison reform, meaning which directly affects, affects us as black people because we fill up the prisons. You feel me? He said, if you're a nonviolent offender and it's just like drugs or something, and you ain't kill nobody or pull a gun on nobody, you get to come, you can come home, man. There's programs set in place for you to be able to come home. Do you think black people are missing an opportunity with Trump? Yo, yeah. See, you've got somebody that is not a lifetime Republican. He's been a blue dog Democrat for most of his life. He usurped the Republican Party. So I think this thing I've been tweeting about, no benefit, no vote, ought to be the deal. We haven't gotten a damn thing out of the Democratic Party for a long time. And the last one, number 44 and the one before that, 43, Bush and Obama. Well, there are pictures of Bush with his arm around uh, eight-year-old Barack Obama because his stepdaddy, adopted daddy, Lolo Sotoro, had done a lifetime worth of business with the Bushes. He did everything he could to show by his actions that he ain't a racist and a damn good president. He did all that. Yet, we still running around here, the people that only watch the news, we're saying, hell no, we voting for Biden because Biden was with Obama, or Biden did so much great, but nobody can tell you none of the great that he did. But they could pull up every single thing that he's done to the black community. Specifically, Hillary Clinton called us super predators. Matter of fact, if the man isn't, if the man isn't a racist, why did he speak at the KKK members' eulogy? When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes. And we changed attitudes. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. All that stuff. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was a suburbanite kid who got a dose of exposure to what was happening to black Americans when I'm in my own city. As all so when he was running for president in the 80s, he came up with this elaborate, well, we can just call it what it is, <clears throat> a lie. And said that he was marching, da, 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 da. but come to find out when he, just before he dropped out the race, once they debunks what he said he comes out and tells the truth and says that he really never marched he was just at a swimming pool a black swimming pool he was the lifeguard there and well no excuse me let me not even give him that he worked there and 
what was he doing? He was probably just sitting there admiring the the women. You know, they look different than what his women look like. And he was there and he got to hear what they were thinking. So he got to pick up some of the mannerisms. And he uses that from what he learned as a teenager, still today being a Negro whisperer, but he is and always will be, in our opinion, a segregationist. And here he is speaking at uh, Bird's uh, eulogy, eulogy, eulogizing Bird, Robert Bird, the segregationist, Dixiecrat. Also know that Robert C. Bird was a parliamentary library, a keeper of the institution of the Senate, and he was the institution itself. But to me, he was a friend, and he was a mentor, and he was a guide. And said that he was his uh, hero or inspiration or whatever. So why, why does he deserve your vote? And not the man who's actually showing you that he cares about you. The president that's done more for the hood, black community, Hispanic community, than any other president since Lincoln. You feel me? Why would he? You know me, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm a hood nigga. You know me. So why would I be telling you that? Bill Clinton is the one that did that, that the crime bill, but they pushed it. Exactly. He knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. See, like Trump, he's gonna bring the jobs back. He's been bringing them back. And that's why they did this coronavirus like shit. Like you say, you say the export. Uh, now we'll be the biggest export instead of China. Exactly. He bought steel manufacturing, the automobile industry. They said that that was dead. And look at us now, booming. They hit us with coronavirus. You notice that when coronavirus hit, they said everybody got to stay in the house. Nobody could go out. But yet, if you're Black Lives Matter or Antifa, you could go out and protest and burn shit down, and nobody's gonna say nothing. There is a huge separation from the antagonizers and the protesters. And you are being watched. You are racist. They are giving a speech about black lives, but yet you want to destroy on behalf of black lives. And now one person over there is black. It's counterproductive. It's counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve. And we're trying to achieve some safety for me. Some safety for me. This does not make me safe. But the coronavirus is so bad. We out here standing with masks. You feel me? Why? It's an agenda. So, bro, the reason why I'm having this conversation with you is because it's important. Your vote is very important this year. They've been getting the black vote. You know, Lyndon B. Johnson said that I'm going to have these niggas voting Democrat for the next 200 years. And we do, blindly. Latinos and blacks, we vote Democrat blind as hell. Don't even know why we do. We just do. Did you know that the black people are the ones that started the Republican Party? Did you know that? We were Republicans. They crippled us with welfare. Section 8. They kicked us out the homes, bro. Made the woman look at you and be like, I don't need you. I'll go get, I'll take care of, uh, by the state. I'll go get food stamps. Which led you to be upset. Me to be upset. Go out and sell drugs because we're trying to prove to our family that we can provide even though they ain't giving us no jobs. Then we get locked up under that crime bill. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, 
tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And then we're locked up and we're stuck there. That was under Biden. 47 years, bro, in politics, and they did nothing for us. Trump, people have already loved Trump for forever. Why would you want to be the president of the United States when you're already a, a billionaire? You have every woman that you could possibly want at your feet. You don't need the fame because you got the fame already, right? So what reason would he have to become the president of the United States? Did you know that he's never taken a check since he's been in office? One dollar, yes. One dollar. Every other check he's donated while being president. He's the only president in history for his net worth to drop, oh, to go down. That's why I'm asking you if you registered to vote, bro, so you could vote for the right person who's gonna help us out, man. You can't depend on a government school to teach you raw history. You're gonna see people like even Frederick Douglass become less and less and less celebrated and less and less and less popular because he doesn't really fit the narrative. He was a Republican, very American. When they want to teach you somebody that was great in black American history and they happen to be Republican, they don't tell you that element. And they also, and this is sort of one of the biggest myths that they tell you, that the party's completely switched. Did you know the Democrats are the real racist party? And did you know that the Republican Party freed the slaves? Democrats, in order to conceal the racist past of their party, now say, well, the party switched. Because a lot of people like to skip over the fact that when it comes to race relations, historically, Republicans and Democrats switched positions. Yeah, Republicans were basically Democrats, and the Democrats were basically Republicans. It's like, it's like that movie Face Off. Look at all the Democrats that voted against the Civil Rights Bill in the House and in the Senate. How many of them switched from the Democrat to the Republican Party? Answer one. Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond was among uh, the most racist politicians of his generation. And in the 60s, he switched to being a Republican because he felt more welcome. So now that we know all of this, we can see why it's nonsense. So their entire case, their entire case rests on one guy, Senator Strom Thurmond. And now he started his career in the 1930s as a Democrat, and he was a huge racist. In fact, he was so racist, it was almost funny. There's not enough troops in the army to force the southern people to break down segregation and admit the Negro race into our theaters, into our swimming pools, into our homes, and into our churches. I came to the United States Senate, a 29-year-old fellow, and turns out one of my closest friends ends up being Strom Thurmond. Strom now let me pause that for a minute. Now look, this is an outtake. This was not used in a movie called Uncle Tom, right? Not the Uncle Tom that we talked about in episode 110. You should go watch episode 110. We break down, but anyway, that's another story for another time. 
This is put out by Larry Elder. And there is a discrepancy in it. I say I play all sides, right? I say I will show you all sides to get to the information. You have to be able to listen to what people are saying and then be able to go do the research and break down. Now, not only did Strom, not only did Strom Thurmond move over, but they used him as a racist, as a former racist Dixiecrat to get into the Republican Party and start to move them towards the Southern strategy. But unlike the video, this is why it's not in the actual movie because people fact check, right? And they would have said that is actually wrong. That is wrong, mm -hmm. false, that the Republicans did not jump over. Yes, Strom Thurmond, Jesse Helms, a lot of the other once Dixiecrats that were, were against the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act jumped over to the Republican Party and pushed the Southern strategy, which allowed for Nixon to win the presidency. Who else used the Southern strategy? Ronald Reagan, the one that people say they don't like, but they were selling a pebble so that he could fund a war to get Noyega. Anyway. But you say you don't like them, but you know that government cheese, though? Them grilled cheese sandwiches, though? <laughs> that was in the back of the day with the white bread before the wheat bread. Remember that? The white bread. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, white bread is so soggy. It's horrible. But anyway, look, people. Everybody comes from that's somewhere. Okay. Butter. That's not forget. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's not forget. Let's not forget I, I, the butter. <laughs> Let's not forget the butter. And wait a minute, I, I don't have nothing in here to really give y'all a visual um, of what it looked like. But okay, say this right here. It was a little longer than this. This little pen holder. It was a little longer than this. About maybe four inches longer. A brick. It was the size of a brick. You had bricks of butter and bricks of cheese that you needed an extra sharp knife to cut. So you would cut that butter, put it in that cast iron skillet with that white bread and that big chunk of cheese because uh, the knife was not quite thick enough, uh, uh, sharp enough. So you did the cheese is jagged and, 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 and it's lopsided and you slapped that on that, that bread and man. Man, it was nice and cheesy and toasty, and got the outside got that butter, a cholesterol nightmare given to us by the government, and, and I mean people bricks. I mean we had stuff to. Uh, well, wait a minute, this is what was interesting because I was always a I don't know if you call it a precocious child, but I used to ask questions that would piss you off, right? <laughs> so. So I'm like, you know, I'm looking at our neighborhood. We we grew up in a nice middle class neighborhood. You know, blacks were uh, prospering. They had two parent homes. Both parents had good jobs. Or, or with our mother, she was a dynamite salesperson. And so, you know, our parents was pulling in a little bank. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I'm looking and I said, Ma, I said they're giving this away. 
where they get the surplus from? How do you have so much surplus that we can walk in and take 10 bricks each of stuff and have it stored up for months? They're giving it to this middle class neighborhood. See, I was I, at that time, I was about 12. Because this was 1980. It was a lot going on in 1980 at that time. We had 44 American hostages trapped over in Iran at that time. And at that time, I was saying we need to blow Iran off the map. That way, we won't have no more problems out of the Middle East. That was before I realized that the U.S. had been bullies up until that point. And so they was probably dipping in other people's business in other countries. But I was like, you know, Iran. I went and looked at the map. I said, Iran? They should blow them off the map right now. Ma said, well, you can't do that because you have people's families to consider and you can't you can't just go and and risk the lives that are over there. I said, well, you know, now I'm 12. I said, you know, there are always casualties in war. I don't know where I got that from. I don't know where I got it from. But that was my response. So back to the cheese and the butter. And so I'm like, you know. I was thinking something they they're giving it away. I don't see a reason why they'd be giving away in this neighborhood. I don't understand because we didn't really need it, right? So I'm thinking, hmm, I think something is in that, and we're gonna find out about 30 years later. We're gonna start seeing the results of what's in this stuff. It's easy to inject it, it's porous. So it's easy to inject something in it and you never know with a thin, uh, real thin needle. So. Yeah, you would never know. And you know, if you don't believe that, look up prohibition and look up the United States government government poisoning alcohol that killed up so many Americans during prohibition to get them to stop drinking alcohol. Look that up if you don't believe it. Now look. 30 years later, they can hand this to you. You have to be prepared. So when, when, when I saw this Uncle Tom presentation, I asked how many Democrats switched over to the Republican Party after the Civil Rights Act? I put that in Google and I got the answer and you can go there because we don't have time enough to go through it and talk about it on the show because we can actually read it to you. But there's two websites, one from the History Channel and another one that actually says how many Dixiecrats switched over to the Republican Party after the Civil Rights Act, right? And you can read both of those and you will see that this is an infection from the Dixiecrats because the Republican Party was for not really caring about slavery other than the point that they wanted to punish the South for succeeding, for succession from the Union. You understand? But you have to do the research and really realize what it was all about. So let's continue with this real quick. Told me, he said, Joe, uh, if there has to be a Democrat as president, it might as well be you. And after I dropped out of the race, he can't even said, don't worry about it. He said, you got a good 30 years left to try. Al Gore Sr. died a Democrat. George Wallace died a Democrat. These racist Southern sheriffs and 
senators and governors, they died Democrats. My used to be pizza. But if I came to you today and said, hey, would you like some pizza? You'd be like, no, that And I'd be like, uh, if you knew your history, you'd know that this is a pepperoni slice. It doesn't make sense. They have to say the party switch. They have to. Because they can't acknowledge that they are part of all of the worst things that have ever happened to black people in history. And if you know better and you know the parties didn't switch and you just look at today, they're still a part of every negative thing that have happened to black people in America. Uh, so that is the member. There are Dixiecrat Coons and there are Republican Coons. There are independent Coons and nonpartisan Coons. We are about American black people. We can hear a good voice and hear something good in policy over here, hear something good with policy over there to put it together to make it positive for American black people. So the whole thing about who switched over, they're both the, the two sides of the same coin because they come from each other. And there are just as many racist on the one side or accelerationists on the one side it's just many racists on the other side that are anarchists with the state force with well go back and watch that episode on anarchists and accelerationists we're not going back we're going forward let's listen to what what uh Judge Joe Brown, if you didn't know, let's listen to what he said. Remember, we talked about about Lolo, right? Earlier in the show. Listen to this. I think you've been duped. I think we've been hoodwinked. Uh, wow. Uncle George Herbert Walker, after whom George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush one president, was named, founded Halliburton in 1946 in Oklahoma. And Lolo Sotoro had been international executive vice president for Standard Oil. There was talk of him being a CIA asset. Oh, well, yeah, Indonesia. see, he ran the death squads for the Indonesian army. On mm -hmm. his own call, anyone could be assassinated. So when George Herbert Walker Bush became head of the CIA under the Ford administration, he just got with his Whoa. old buddy in the oil business, Lolo Sotoro, and pulled off the hits. See, uh... Barack's grandmother has been acknowledged as being the woman that operated the channels through which CIA money went to the Southwest Pacific. So she introduced her daughter, who had just had Barry, Barack, to Lolo Sotoro, and they got married, and Lolo Sotoro adopted Barack Obama. The name was changed to Barry Sotoro. Mm -hmm. Now, when he went to high school in Hawaii, I know about that high school. I almost sent my oldest son to it. I could afford it, but I didn't think he observed, deserved it. Twenty years ago, the tuition was $95,000 a year, not including room and board. When Obama went there, I've talked to two of his classmates. They independently state that the tuition, not including room and board, was 45000 Now, Business Insider reports his income for 2017 at over $200 million net. 
That's after taxes, deductions, write-offs. Mm-hmm. For this last year, 2018, they reported it as $570 plus million. And that's after all deductions, tax write Trump doesn't make that net. I mean, even some of the richest people in America don't make that. Why? Because when his stepdaddy died, he was one of the 10, 15 richest men on earth. And he left everything in a trust fund, operated out of Indonesia, oh. so the American government can't touch it. That makes Barack Obama one-third beneficiary for the assets of one of the 10, 15 richest men on earth. See, wow. so we got a game run on us. So I'm trying to tell you. Let that sit for a minute. Lolo Sotero, L-O-L-O-S-O-E-T-O-R-O. It's right there on the internet. It's right there on the internet. You don't have to go any further. We have researched this. This kid is going to private school. Can your kids afford private school that's 45 grand a year before room and board? American black. Ninety-five. No, no, no. He said when Obama, when Barack went there, it was forty-five grand a year. Okay. Ninety-five, twenty years ago, when his son wow. was proposing to go, right before room wow. and board. Can your family afford that? But yet, the Dixie Crest are constantly talking about not having school choice, where you can go to the best schools possible. What do most American black parents do who think about it? They try to move their kids into a neighborhood in a school district in a municipality that is pretty well off to be able to send their kids to good schools. Why would you follow a group of people who want to see you and your people flounder in schools and we know the education does what is an organized space that informs and teaches so that the gifts can come from out of individuals not having them drones you are you have been filled with emotion and they are duping you your 44th president i voted for him twice didn't know but your 44th president had an education and has a Nest egg has a, I'm just going to call it Dory. People know why I'm saying that. It has a Dory that is large. That he was able to go places and do things and still do things that many American blacks will never do. And we were duped. We were hoodwinked. The wool was pulled over our eyes. No. The answer is no. What can be done with one party can be done with the other one because we got to push and get all up in that. And what do people say? You got to get all up in that to get it done. It doesn't matter who's in the presidency. That's why we should sit back because the one you afraid of the one, the other one that's shown you what it is. He, he was with Barack. Barack didn't want to do anything for American black people. 
because everything was done for him and he had a rich father, rich stepfather. He wasn't impoverished at all. In our opinion, it was his mother's poor decision-making that brought her to that point about cancer when she could have been taken care of all the time. We got uh, four minutes, two minutes, close out. So what this pain, what makes this pain, what is painfully obvious from what we just saw is that Barack Obama was never touched with the feeling of your infirmities. Therefore, he is not identified. He did not identify as an American black and the American black experience. That's why he didn't feel any urgency uh, to touch any of our issues the way they needed to be addressed. And so here we go again. We got another one. That is uh, skin tone friendly, if you will. And I'm going to let you digest that. Skin tone friendly. So when you look at her, you see she's a woman. Uh, some people are side swiped by light skin. Uh, and then you see that that she, she talks, you know, she can put on the talk, you know, when she wants to. She can put on a little talk, a little jazz, you know, whatever. But again, here's someone who is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I don't give a crap whether she aka or not. And I don't want to get started on that because if I get started, it would be very offensive. So I'm not going to get started on that, aka. So you safe, you're in the safety zone. But, you know, so I don't care what she's associated with, secret society or, or, or some kind of affiliation. I don't care. What she represents to me is a female Barack Obama who didn't do jack. And she's not gonna do jack. And if y'all, you know, I kinda I'm kinda I'm kinda uh I would rather see, even though I'm not voting, I would rather see Donald Trump back in to complete what he started with the 10 point plan and the additions of the black contract with America extrapolations from Cube's thing. However, I kind of, sort of, wouldn't mind <laughs> sitting back and seeing Biden get it just so that I could see your reactions to what you did. Just so I could see the reaction. Because, see, for me, I'm going to be straight. I, me, my brother, and everybody that's connected to me are going to be fine, whichever way this goes. So, but I kind of just want to see. And Trump, guess what? Trump is going to be more than fine. If he doesn't get back in there, he has avoided a headache. He wasn't taking the salary. He didn't need it. He's going to be straight. You're not hurting him. But you're going to hurt yourself when these immigrants come in here and you see all the things that are being passed to help them. But you know what? You probably won't because you don't research it's going to slide right up under your nose. And all you're going to see is the end result is you losing, losing things. But you're not going to even know how you lost it because you don't research. You ain't researched before this. You're not researching now. And you're not going to research then. So you won't even know. You won't even wow. know. You won't even know. And people. <laughs> but you'll know because you'll be able to go watch our shows 1 through 38 of <laughs> Hashtag observations TFR, and you will say, Dad, they was telling us. But anyway, people, 
this Sunday, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, is hashtag TFR Podcast Live. We will see you on Sunday. I can't believe it's Friday. We will see you on Sunday with our episode. Then we'll see you again on Monday. Talk to you soon. Here's the thing about Germany, why I made a curator's deck of the Hollywood French. Community, unity, unity, heart, 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 heart